and clap. That was loud. Good morning, City Life. Good morning, church. Another Sunday. We're so grateful. I actually just want to start today off by just lamenting a little bit with all of you. Um, this is week 38 since we've been fully together as a church, since we have to, we have to call off in, on March 15th. And uh, entering this holiday season, I've lamented it this whole time, but especially now entering into the holiday season, Thanksgiving, Christmas, I just hope we have learned a valuable lesson, <laughs> or that we leave this season with this lesson that life is better in community. That we, none of us were meant to be alone, but we were meant to live this thing out together. Uh, I pray that just like Israel, when they left the exile en masse, never worshipped idols again as a whole nation, uh, they learned their lesson. I pray that we never take for granted being with one another again. I'm grateful for all of you, and um, we really miss all of you. But today, let, let's go into the sermon today. I want to read this. This comes from the CMA's or the whole denominational website. This is our stance as from Jesus as healer. And it says this, Pastor John Sober, who preached for us a couple weeks ago, who's my coach, my mentor, he wrote this. This is our denominational stance of as Jesus as the healer. He wrote this. He wrote, as a pastor, I was called to meet a couple at the hospital. Their daughter had suffered a seizure and was not breathing. When I reached the hospital, neither the parents nor the doctors were with the child. A nurse was unplugging the flat-lined machines. The Holy Spirit prompted me to do something I had never done before, pray over the girl's lifeless body. I asked the nurse if I could pray for a minute, which, to which she replied, you know she's dead, but allowed me to go ahead. I asked God to restore the little girl. Then I went to the next room and found the parents witnessing to the doctor. About a minute later, we heard a scream, then the little good girl crying for her mommy. It's never happened to me before or since, but Jesus is still healer. I appreciate so much about this. First, I appreciate that Jesus is still active. He's still our Lord. He's still our Savior today like he was when he was living here. He's still healing today. And we, the church is evident us with stories and testimony of that happening. To this very day, Christ is our healer. So I appreciate that. I also appreciate how this ends. It's this, this place, this perspective, this place of just laying it all out there and saying, it's never happened to me before or since, but Jesus is still a healer. I appreciate how healthy that is. I appreciate how realistic that is. That in this life, we're going after Jesus, Lord. We're praying so many prayers don't go the way that we want, but you know what, Jesus, at the end of the day, you are Lord. And I'm pursuing these things. We're pursuing the gifts because you tell us to, because you've made them good for us to be able to experience you and manifest you. And everything that we've built up to this point, Jesus, it's up to you. Jesus, only you can do it. I appreciate Pastor Soper's perspective here. I appreciate how real and honest, and I appreciate that this guy that I know 
saw such a wonderful miracle, this man that I can say, you know what, he's not crazy. This, if he's saying this happened, it actually happened. He's a legitimate man. Jesus is still healing today. And I feel like this fits perfectly in our sermon series on the spiritual gifts. Because scripture talks about these gifts, but they, they don't always come and it doesn't always go the way we want it to. And we have all these plans and life changes it and we, we're going after all of these things for Jesus, but we're not always gonna get our way. And so we're, we are left here at the end of the day with this, with this perspective. Jesus, I'm chasing after these things. Your will be done. These gifts belong to you. Using them belongs to you. No power is ever from me. I don't owe them. All of our pillars come together to form. You know what, Jesus, you tell me to pursue these gifts, and I'm going to. But Lord, I need your will to be done. See, today is the last sermon in our sermon series of the spiritual gifts, and we've been building all of these principles. We've been talking about... (laughs) This hasn't been like a class, okay, come here and at the end of today, you're going to be able to pray in tongues. Or come here, at the end of the day, you're going to be a healer. You can start a ministry, go toward the world, and everyone will be healed. No, but it's been a much more, hopefully, a much more natural, realistic, much more attainable way to learn about how we as a church will pursue the spiritual gifts, that they were meant to be good, and they were made, and they're God-given. And today, we're going to talk about that more. We're going to build our last principle We have one more missing ingredient. And then we're going to talk about three specific stated gifts that I think God is telling City Life. City Life, I formed you for these. I've made you to know these really well. I've made you to be this beacon for Jersey City. And so one principle and then three gifts. And so before we go there, let's pray. Let's pray that God, the Holy Spirit, would empower this sermon, that he would make the heart work that needs to be done in us to prepare us to be a church that's continually saying, Jesus, we want these gifts because you made them for us. And so what's this last ingredient? How do we need to change our definition one more time and then go forward? So let me pray before we go into our passage is going to be in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. But before we even go there, let me pray. Lord, I pray that you be with me. I pray that you be with our church. I pray that you empower the preaching of your word, the living out of your word, the understanding of your word. Lord, I pray that we become a church body that it's just evident that you are with us, that you are the reason why we do all these things. Lord, we love you. We submit ourselves to you in all things. So Lord, please, everywhere that we're at, pray that your spirit would be with us, that you would bring us together in unity, and that we would see amazing things happen. Lord, we love you, and we put all these things at your feet. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so our text is going to be a familiar one. We're going back to where we were just a few months ago. 1 Peter chapter 4, 2 verses 10 and 11. God's word says this. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. 
To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And so our, our missing ingredient, there's one major ingredient that we haven't touched yet that we need to before we leave our sermon series. And this isn't going to be perfect. This isn't everything we ever have to know. We have to get practical. We have to dive in. At some point in our community, we have to, we have to understand that some of this is learned through trying, through stepping out there, through saying, hey, can I pray for you? Or can we do this together? Or let's set up this environment where we just come and seek the gifts together or we pray. So we're, we're headed towards there. No pandemic can even stop that. We can do that socially distanced. But here we turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. And we say, you know, you know, Paul, thank you so much. We know that you're the main writer about this. Paul, you're so good. But last week you were doing too many humble brags, saying that you spoke in tongues more than everyone else. And so, okay, let's have Peter have a shot at, at answering some of our questions here. Let's let Peter have a turn at bat here. And then we get these two verses short passage here just two verses but there's so much in here and so let's start let's start again with verse 10 let me read verse 10 again as each has received a gift use it to serve one another as good stewards of god's buried grace and so again we have to we have to end this series like we began it and i know that i think this is at least the third time i explicitly mentioned this but we have to focus on this. Let's end the way we finished. Each has received a gift. I just want, again, for us to rest there, to let that sink in. We won't stay here forever this morning, but let that sink in. That the problem with the gifts is never the availability, because the availability rests in the Holy Spirit, and He's always around. But it rests in the availability of God's people to say yes to Him. And so if you believe in Christ, if you have confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if that is a true, genuine confession, if you have heard Jesus call your name and you've said, Lord, I'm here, then you have been gifted. If you have this born-again relationship with Christ, you have been made qualified. You have been gifted. And so it doesn't matter how ordinary you might feel. It doesn't matter if you feel like you have no outward facing, no visible talents. If you're like, man, I could never be a pastor, which I said three quarters of the way through seminary. If you're like, Lord, <laughs> there's nothing about me that makes me worthy. We'll talk about that in a second. But if you know Jesus, then there's nothing that makes you unqualified because Jesus makes you qualified. So you're not too ordinary. You're not too plain. You're not too unskilled. You're not too unprepared. You're not too much of a second act Moses. We talked about that first week. You are not a second act Moses that God can't reach, that God hasn't equipped. And so out there, realize this city life, listen to this. Out there, there's at least one person in this world who needs you to bring them one of the gifts. All of us, I don't think this is true for any of us, but it is true. That at the very least, at the very least, you have been made, you have been called by Jesus to know him, to manifest one of the gifts for at least one other person. That you have been called to strengthen, mature, build up all of the words I'm sure you're tired of hearing me say. You have been called to do that for another person. 
Each single one of us has been called. We have been called and equipped by Jesus to manifest His, the Holy Spirit here on this earth. If you've heard Jesus call you, then you have a mission. And I told Michael I wouldn't give him more, an hour and a half to, ha to edit down, so let, I have to move on. This is the ingredient that we're missing. This is the one thing that we need to talk about today, and we cannot leave this sermon series without talking. Verse 10 again, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And so this is what this sermon is all about today. The, spirit, the gifts of the Spirit are gifts of grace. In the same way that you have been made equipped, the same way that you have been made qualified, in the same way that Jesus' calling of us makes us special, makes us unique, gives us these talents, we also have to acknowledge that every time this, the spiritual gifts are mentioned, there's a, there's a warning, do not boast, because there's nothing. Because I know who I am. I know how deceitful I can be. I know how, how my heart is prone to stray. And so we, we hold these both together, that we have been called and equipped, but that the gifts are all acts of grace. And so I, I wanted to break it down a little bit for us, I want to I break it down to, to the different levels of people who are interacting this. The first is to you and to me, believers. If you are listening to this and you are a believer in Christ, you confess Jesus and say, I'm living my whole life for the pursuit of spreading the gospel, then, then this is what this act of grace is. It's unfathomable. It is crazy to think that God would come down, would save us, would call us, would stoop this low, would reach this far down and reach a sinner like me. And so not only did he save me, not only did Jesus come and live this life here that I couldn't, not only does he make my life worth living, not only does he make sense of everything, but on top of all of that, you know what he does for us believers? See, Jesus could, God had justifiably said, you know what, I saved you, and just get through this, just coast, just get to the end, you know what, I, I've covered all your sins, you're okay, just get to the end where you can come and live with me in my house, in my kingdom, it's going to be so great. He could have very well done that, and he would have been right to do that. But God says, you know what, I'm going to call you, I'm going to take you out of darkness and put you into light. And I'm also going to shower you with my grace, not just my grace to cover your salvation, but my grace to let you build one another up, for you to partner with my plan, for you to manifest my spirit here on this church, city life. I pray that that gives you chills. I pray that that makes you question. I pray that that convicts you. I pray that that's like, oh Lord, I pray that that shows us how unworthy we are, yet we have been called. Remember, we're always unworthy, but Jesus qualifies us. And so City Life, what an honor and a pleasure it is for us to pursue the gifts. That we can be about manifesting God's spirit here on this planet. That should be one of the joys of our lives. To be able to reach and speak to someone. To be able to feel the Holy Spirit activating our faith strengthening us up so that we can go and strengthen someone else up. That's the joy of our life, that we get to manifest this. But that's for us. That's for us believers. 
That's for us who confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. What about for the world? What does the world see in these gifts? I love how the gifts are a tool to pierce through the darkness. It's whenever we exercise the spiritual gifts in front of someone who doesn't believe, it's like we're holding a torch up in the sky and saying, you know what, I have the light to eternal life. I have the light. I am not lost. I am not confused. I know the one who can help you. I know the one who brings healing. And so the spiritual gifts are like a torch in the darkness, giving people hope, giving them glimpses of this God who they know they're looking for. And I, I also love how when non-believers experience the gifts, they get to experience one of the most beautiful things there is, and it's the wonder of God. I don't know what time, when was the last time you had this experience where you just, the outcome of it was you just sat there and you're like, Lord, you are so wonderful. But for people who don't believe, when they're around some of the gifts, when they know that the whole, when there's something special happening there, when they know that there's something, oh, wow, okay, this is different, this is special. They get to taste how wonderful the Lord is. That the wonder of the Lord can cause them towards repentance. That conviction towards changing their life. So here's the missing ingredient. Here's the one thing that we haven't covered that's been in our scriptures before here, but we've wanted to, I've wanted to save it to give it the attention it really needs. Instead, it's this idea that the gifts are gifts of grace. Let's read verse 10 again. As each has received a gift, you and me, everyone, anyone who confesses Jesus as Lord, use it to serve one another. And he's telling you, use the gifts. They're not meant to be hoarded. They're not meant to make us feel special. Use the gifts. God wants us to use the gifts. The gifts are actions for us to do something as good stewards of, but here's, here's the thing, here's the ingredient. As good stewards of God's varied grace, that we're supposed to use them, that we've all been giving them, but that the gifts are God's varied grace, that the gifts themselves are grace towards you and me and the world and unbelievers, people who want to taste the goodness of the Lord, people who don't know the Lord and will taste and see how wonderful he is. See, I think God very well could have come down, saved us, lived the life that he did, done all the incredible things, and just been, you know what? I paid the price. You're good. Live through the next 80 years. We'll be together in heaven. You'll come live in my house. We're going to be good. Just, just get through this, you know, fight, fight. Like First Peter says here, just get, don't, don't let go of me. Keep going. Don't ever, don't turn your back on me. I'm the way to life. You know, come, and then at the end of your life, we're going to be good. I think God could have very easily have done that. I think it would have probably been even a little neater if he didn't give us responsibility, if he didn't say, partner with me, if he didn't say, here, let me do this for you. But in the same way that each and every single one of us have been gifted, that God says, you know what? I, I know I made you myself. I know what you need here. Here's this extra little bit of grace. I, I, I've made you to, to know safety. I've made you to be able to pray healing. I've made you to be able to connect through hospitality. Yeah, I've made you to know administration really well. Go out and do it. 
And so the gifts are God's varied grace for you and for me. They have nothing to do with me or how qualified I am or how skilled I might be or that I have a master's degree or that someone else has a PhD and I don't. It's nothing about any of that, but it's all about Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the Father. The gifts are gifts of grace, unmerited. And I've been thinking about why is this so important for us this week? Why was this put in with the spiritual gifts? Every time the spiritual gifts are mentioned, Paul tells us, when, when Paul's writing about that, Paul tells us, you know, don't boast. These aren't meant for boasting. It has almost nothing to do with you except for your obedience. Just do this. And it's this. It's because it's all built on grace. It's this unmerited love that God gave you and me. Not only that he came and saved us, but that he also equips us, strengthens us, builds us up, and then goes and tells us to do it to other people. To go to other Christians and say, you know what, I think, you need, I think your faith needs this. Let me help, encourage you, build you up. Let me exhort you. Let me console you. Keep going and go do this for someone else. It's not even just that, but that God would allow us to partner with him. That God would allow us to manifest his Holy Spirit here on this earth. Church, we should never just be comfortable. That should give us chills every single time we realize that. That you have been saved, you've been pulled out of darkness, that you've also been given a gift to go and bring to everyone else. And so church, what what does that mean for us first? let, Let that work inside house first. What does that mean for you and for me? To me, that reminds me of how unworthy I am. Of how... How far grace has needed to penetrate in my life, in my heart, in my deception, when I was lost, when I didn't know what to do. God's grace came and it changed me. I know I am unworthy. I know where my life was headed before I really met Christ. I know what I'm capable of. And yet God would shower me with something good to bring to other people is unfathomable. It's special. The gifts are grace. They're unmerited. I love, I love how this builds into God's narrative. How he saw the world that he created and loved and said, you know what, I won't leave it like that. I'll go down there myself, live the life that they were supposed to and were called to do. But I know that they couldn't do it, and so I'll go and do it myself. When the time is right, Jesus came. He came into the world as a baby, that has meant a lot to me lately. But you say, you know what, I know they're gonna leave me. I know they're gonna mock me. I know that they're gonna beat me. I know that they're gonna kill me. But I'm gonna do it because I love them. I'm gonna do it because I have so much compassion. I'm gonna share my grace with them. Not only, and God doesn't just stop there, but he tells the church, he tells everyone who knows Jesus, I've given you a mission. There's someone out there that needs to hear about me from you. There's someone out there who doesn't even just need to hear about me, but that you have to demonstrate me in some way. So go and pray. When someone's sick, pray for their healing. When someone needs exhortation, you go and encourage them. When someone is about to let go of their faith, you go and you tell them, and you tell them to hold on and why they should. This is special. The gifts are special. They're not about showing off. They're not about pointing to me and saying, I'm so good, but it's all about showing Christ to the world, to people who desperately need him. And many times that's us believers. 
but I also love even beyond our house to the world. What does what do the gifts manifest? And just think about how the Holy Spirit promises, you know, when you go out and practice these gifts, I'm manifested right there. And it's not just this idea of like, oh, goodness is here. Oh, healing is here. No, but the God's very spirit is in that space, invading this world bit by bit by bit, heart by heart by heart, building up the faith every time he is manifested here. Church, it's all about grace. And to the unbelievers, you know what they benefit from this? First, they benefit that the spiritual gifts are like torches. That they we're shining God's light in the darkness whenever we go out. I like to think, I'm in my home here, right? God reigns in this home. I ask him to be in here every day. But then when I leave my, out my doors, I go into the world and I'm carrying God's torch everywhere I go. And when I get the, the grace to go and practice one of the spiritual gifts with someone, a stranger or someone I know, I'm bringing his torch with me. I'm shining up the darkness. I'm bringing God's life and light into this for the building up of their faith so that they can come. And like Paul, when he first believed in Jesus, scales fell off his eyes for the same thing to happen there. But I also love how spiritual gifts practice with non-believers. They get to taste the wonder of God. I don't know if you've ever had an experience where it just left you in awe of our Lord, where you just had this undeniable experience where God showed up and the, the one thing you can do afterwards was just be in awe, which just marvel at his wonder. And for people who are lost, who don't know the way, who, who don't have salvation, the spiritual gifts are like showing them a piece of God's wonder. I love that. I love how God calls us and he gives us the gift of these varied graces to be able to bring God's wonder and manifest his spirit in other people. And so we need to take this and we need to put this in our definition. It is, it's that important that I, I know our definition is already long. I'm not a wordsmith, so I couldn't pare it down. This wouldn't go on Instagram. If you actually can make this sound much better, email me, pereese at, at citylifenj.com. Email me your version of this definition and we'll talk. But our, gift, our definition up until now is this, our fourth variant of this definition, is that the spiritual gift is any action that points people to Jesus by manifesting the Holy Spirit in order to build up the faith of another and show them agape love. And so we need to put grace in this because we can't ignore grace. We can't ignore that this is all an act of utter grace that is unfathomable to us. And so here's definition number five. This is going to be our last definition of this sermon series. When we come back to this in the future or when we address this further over our social media in the next couple of weeks, this is our, our working definition. This isn't 100% complete, but it's good. It's good for us to get started. It's good for us as a community, as a body, to be like, you know what? Let's take this and run with this. And so definition number five. A spiritual gift is any action that points people to Jesus by manifesting the Holy Spirit in order to build up the faith of another and show them both agape love and grace. City Life, last week I talked about how I... I believe that God is calling us to be a spiritual home for Jersey City. A home, right? In all the senses, but also a spiritual home. 
The sermon series has been aimed to preach at our spirits, to strengthen up our spirits for us to practice the spiritual walking together as a community. And I know the pandemic happened. If, if there was no pandemic, we would have been having events and nights and prayer nights and worship nights, and we would have been having these events, but we haven't been able to meet. And over the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll start to do a few things online virtually. But the truth remains that we have no excuse to not be a church that doesn't practice the spiritual gifts. If we would just be a church that says, Lord, teach us how to do this. What ministry do you want to build in this church? Do we need to have a deliverance ministry and be trained into doing that? Do we need to go out and have, we do need to go out and have a vibrant outreach ministry. Show us what it is that you want us to do. Lord, do you really even just want us to gather and walk the sidewalks and say, hey, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Do you need prayer? we would just make ourselves available as a community to say, Holy Spirit, what do, you, what do you have us to do here in this city? Who do you have us to tell about you? Lord, we just are so committed to you. Use City Life to build your church here in this city. Use City Life to partner with the other churches in this city to spread your name and to make you famous here. I believe that God is using this church, calling this church to mature in our faith, mature in our action towards him and bringing people to Christ. We, we, we need to be a church that is bringing new converts to the family. That's pulling people out of darkness and saying, Jesus is the way, let me tell you about him and to see fruit, that fruit. And so let's transition from there. In these next couple of weeks, we're going to be over our social media. We're going to be ha talking about these, the stated gifts a little bit more clearly, giving us a little bit more tangible evidence, a little bit more tangible definitions of how do we do this? What is this gift all about? How do we participate? And so I've been praying. I've been praying, Lord, what, what, uh, which of these gifts are you calling City Life to know intimately, to practice them? You know, one of our understandings about the gifts is that they're fluid, right? Just like Pastor Soper shared, that he, he prayed and someone came back from the death, but that hasn't ever happened since then. It was most likely a one-time event. But Lord, what, what have you made City Life to intimately know? How have you quilted us together with all of our people, our resources, our combination of everything that you first saw? And what are the gifts that you have made City Life to hold up as a banner in, in, for this city, for the good of our, of our city? And so here are three that I just want to start. I know I don't have much time. These are three gifts that I feel God has said. You know what? City life is about these. City life will know these spiritual gifts. And so here are the three. The first gift is utterance of wisdom and knowledge, found in 1 Corinthians 12. This is a definition that I like written by an author called Sam Storms, who wrote a whole book on spiritual gifts kind of one of the cornerstones of his ministry. It's, he says this, the utterance of wisdom and knowledge is the ability to articulate life-changing insights into God's mysterious saving purposes for mankind, both on a global plane as well as in application to the individual. That is the spirit-empowered ability to communicate insight into the unfathomable depths of God's gracious work in Christ. It's just that we receive this revelation 
and we have to speak it out. This revelation could be big for our city. What, what, is, what are the sins of the city? What do we need to repent and challenge and go after? But it also is very personal. It could be someone on the path train who I'm like, I think the Lord is telling me to tell you to stop printing fake coupons. I, it could be that. It could be even as simple as that. But it's this process of getting this information that we should not know on our own and having the courage to speak it out, to speak life and conviction out into the world. I, I, I once had this conversation with someone at the district about why City Life was planted. What was the vision for City Life in the first place? Why here? Why now? Why this city? And, and this is what he told me. He told me that City Life was originally envisioned to be a downtown church in Jersey City to speak truth to power. To find influence in the city for Christ. And I, I love that. I think, that's I think that still holds up. I think that's one of the goals always for any church, right, is to see what changes need to happen in, in our city and go after them for gospel change. It's in our mission to pursue gospel change together because we feel, we know that God has something to say about injustice and how things run. But, the, but that city life would be this church that's like, Lord, give us your insight and then give us the strategy to go after it. Lord, are you, are you trying to tell us something to that stranger? And then we would be a people who say, yes, Lord, I'll go and do that. And I'll see what you do and we'll act accordingly. I see that God has this mission of our church to be truth tellers, to be revelation sharers in Jersey City. The second gift is distinguishing spirits found in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 10. And, and this, this is the de one of the definitions. It's an ability to di distinguish between works of the Holy Spirit and works of another spirit, demonic or perhaps the human spirit. I think that applies to Jersey City so well. I, I think it applies to our mission as, as a church here because we need to be able to distinguish what's demonic and also in this city that's highly ambitious, highly motivated, connected to New York City, vibrant, ambitious, we're going after, we're going after as hard as, it, as we can, uh, distinguish between what God is doing and what the human spirit wants. That we would be a, a church that knows the source, that we can say, distinguish between good and bad, but then also good and great, and say, Lord, what are you telling us? There's all these good things that we could do, but what is, what is your spirit doing here in the city for us to partner with that, for us to jump into that? There's so many good things that we could be doing, but Lord, what are you calling us to do? Let's pray about that. Let's discern, Lord, where are you? Let's also discern, oh, okay, Lord, I think this is coming from a bad place, and so we need to oppose. I think this is demonic, so we need to pray deliverance. I think that this is just, you know, me, I want this. I think that this is the way it should go, uh, speaking into politics a little bit for a second of where we are at. And, but distinguish, Lord, is this you or is this just what we want? Is it what I want? Is it my ambition? That City Life would be a church to be able to find where the Holy Spirit is on big levels and on individual levels and say, Lord, I want to do what you're doing. Lord, that you would make City Life a church that can distinguish the spirits and then feed into what you're doing. And the last one is faith. This one makes me really excited. Faith found in 1 Corinthians 12, 13. 
You see, uh, I know we're getting long here. I'm sorry, Michael, please forgive me. Um, there are three basic types of faith in Scripture. You know, one is the conversion faith. If you've heard Jesus call you, you call out to Jesus, you read Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, and say, by grace we have been saved through faith in Jesus. And so it's this faith that propels us to be saved in the first place. But that's not what this spiritual gift is talking about. Another type of faith is this continuing faith. It's the faith that we need, that Hebrews 11 talks about, uh, that is the fruit of the Spirit one. Uh, in the fruit of the Spirit, sorry, I don't have it on the top of my head. But it's this continuing faith. Lord, I wake up tomorrow and I need to propel my faith to go. And so every day there's this element of faith for me to continue put on another day. But that's not what this faith is talking about either. This one's been called, Sam Storms calls it a charismatic faith. And, it, and this is how he defines it. Is a mysterious surge of confidence that rises within a person in a particular situation of need or challenge and which gives an extraordinary certainty and assurance that God is about to act through a word or an action. I, I, I liken this to um, David when he fought Goliath. That there was something about this little boy, this boy, he was a little kid, but he was a boy, that something boiled up inside, bubbled over, because he could not stand to let someone talk. And this is the reason why he says, you know, God has helped me fight bears and lions, but I'm not going to let this guy here talk about the armies of the living Lord. And he had this, this faith arose in him that he could defeat Goliath. And, and, and I pray that City Life be this church that lets this charismatic faith come up, that when we are given a mission, when we prayed and we're like, yes, Lord, this is, this is what you're telling us to do. This is where we're leading us. That this faith arises in us, that we just propel us to not give up, to keep going, to have certainty in what we're doing, to go after this together. If an MC has this cause for us to go and go and go until what, what God promised us has happened, and for us as a church to hold on to God's promises, to say, Lord, what are you doing? What are you calling us to do? And we're not going to stop until we get there. It's this special charismatic faith. And so these are the three. We're going to be breaking these down further in the next couple of weeks on other platforms. So watch out for it in our social media. But this is the conclusion. This is the conclusion to everything that we've been talking about over these last few weeks. I want to remind us of our pillars, the pillars that we started this series on. What is in your hand? From faith to reach faith. When we serve, the gifts emerge. Spiritual gifts are never owned. It's all about the giver of the gifts and not the gifts. I pray that we as a church have a healthy perspective, have a healthy desire, that we want to see God move, that we want to see God act, that we want to see his power alive today, that we're not okay with hearing these stories of how God does these things in other parts of the world, but that we want to hear in Jersey City that we want to experience it ourselves, that we want to be a church that's like, Lord, what are you doing? How can we do it with you? How can we strengthen up someone else? How can we go to Janet and say, I think God is telling me to say this to you, or God really loves you, or God wants to build you up, 
or hey, don't, don't do this, or pray healing, pray liberation in people's lives, distinguishing the spirits, what, what belongs to the Lord and what doesn't, have this faith that just nothing can shake us, a church that's vibrant in our expression of Jesus and manifesting the Holy Spirit here on this earth to give God glory. And so church, I pray that this starts something powerful in our church. We've been preaching to the Spirit in, over these weeks. And so I pray that the fruit that we start to see in the next year, in the next few months, in the next few weeks, starts to become evident that we, be, that we are a church that is continually manifesting the Spirit in big ways and in individual ways. Every time we meet in an MC to leave in courage, every time we gather on, on a City Life Beta or God willing in the next couple months back at church, that every time that the Lord shows up because we're going after Him and not what we want. And so church, I'm so excited. We have some prompt questions for us. It's going to be one of the goals of this coming year to be this church body that embodies the Lord in everything that we do. And so I love you so much. I continue to be missing all of you. Here are some prompt questions for us today. Prompt question number one. What questions do you have about the spiritual gifts? I, I know no sermon series is ever going to answer every question, especially one about the gifts, especially one that's been more concentrated on principles over how to actually do them, how to practice them. So let's hear, I want to hear your questions. I want to hear what you have to say. Talk about it as a group and then I, I want to hear feedback because we're still going to be pursuing the spiritual gifts on our other platforms. And so let's compile some questions so for us to be able to tackle this for us to be able to grow and, and take this somewhere and not just be a sermon series that we had once and forgot about. Prompt question number two. Why do you think grace is an important ingredient in our definition? How does, how in your words does grace take this to another level? Partner with the rest of God's narrative. How is this connected to the whole story that God tells in Scripture and not just something he throws in at the end? Prompt question number three. How might you see City Life working through utterance of knowledge and wisdom, distinguishing spirits, or faith? How do you think God might be calling our church to uniquely know and practice these things in our outreach, in our gathering, in our MCs, in our men's and women's ministry, in everything that we do? How can we be practicing these three gifts? All right, church, let's jump on these calls. We love you so much. We'll be together soon, lamenting the fact that I can't be with all of you. And so we love you. Have a great week. We'll see you in our MCs. Happy Thanksgiving. I almost forgot. Happy Thanksgiving. Have a great time. No MCs. Party. Eat plenty of chicken safely. Social distance. Be careful. Be safe. Love you all. Bye.